0: Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. Hey, I want to get into our series. I want to say thank you to the staff they picked up for where Cheryl and I left off last week. We went to Tampa, as Cheryl said. But over this last week, we've been talking about first part, of the first week in November, we talked about thankful for God. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for God. Aren't you thankful for what he's done in your life? And Pastor Kathy did that for us. And then last week, we said we're thankful for the church, which is you. Without the church, we wouldn't have the church. You are the church. The church consists of you. And the temperature of the church consists of you if you want to be down and discouraged and defeated the church will be down discouraged and defeated but if you want to be alive and vibrant and excited for God you are the church and you set the atmosphere you set the tone you set the temple or the culture for the church but today I want to talk about thankful for friends I want to talk about thankful for friends and I want to say this to all of you Uh, Cheryl and I and I'm looking from right to left Cheryl and I mean this from our hearts Every one of you are our friends. We love you. We truly, truly do. And we want to say thank you for being a friend to us. And I mean that. I've been in different churches. I've been in the ministry for 40 years, and now I'm on live stream. So a lot of my friends are seeing me in Oklahoma, Colorado, South Dakota, all these different areas, Kenosha, Wisconsin, are seeing me and going to hear me when I say this. But this is so true. I want you to really know my heart that I'm telling you this is one of the greatest churches that Cheryl and I have ever been in. Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your acceptance of me and my flaws and my my speech and my grammar when it doesn't go together sometimes. But thank you for being a friend. And I mean that with all my heart. Now, all the people in Oklahoma are going to stone me because they said, Pastor C.J., I thought we were the church. You were, but you are now. And I want to say thank you for being my friends. But if you have your sermon notes, please take them out. Follow along with us. There are good ships and there are bad ships. But the best ships are friendships. How I many you know that we all need friendships? Friendships, I want you to get this in your heart now. Friendships help us along the way. To number one, to grow. Friendships help us to grow socially, physically, mentally, and spiritually. That's what friendships do. They help us to grow socially, mentally, spiritually, physically. They help us to grow, and we need each other. I need you. You need me. We need one another. It's important that you have friends in your life to help you to grow. A lot of times what happens is when you pull away from friends or people in your life, you become socially inadequate. You become socially an outcast because you don't know how to relate. You don't know how to talk to people because you isolated yourself. And so therefore, because of that, you're not growing socially. And because you're not growing socially, you feel awkward and unaccepted by people around you. It's important that you involve yourself with friends so that you can grow socially and that you can have that social outwork but also this and this. Help you to learn. I don't know about you but Through my course of the time here in four years, I've learned so much from you guys. I've learned construction. I've learned, man, computers. I've learned this and that from friends like you. Friends help you learn. Friends help you grow. They help you learn. After all, I've learned how to shave from one of my friends. By just walking past the bathroom when Kevin Slavor was shaving, I learned how to shave. That's what I shaved. Now, I can't use a razor or a blade. I got a baby face, right? So I have to use electric co-shaver somebody say amen <laughs> all right but he was using the blade and I get all oh, bumps on my neck and all that kind of stuff. but I learned how to shave from my friend and friends help you grow help you learn and then also this but, but they help you support one another in this journey so that's vital that you have friends to help you grow to help you learn and to help support you in this journey The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, pity the man who doesn't have a friend to pick him up when he falls, that we need one another. I need you, you need me, and we need each other to blow wind into our sails to encourage us, to champion us in our dreams, our desires, our aspirations in our lives. I don't know about you, but, man, I loved when I played basketball. Man, you had 15 guys on the team, and on this team, you know what happened? We became not only just teammates, but we became friends. We would hang out after practice. We would go to one another's apartment. And we were hanging out, and we were friends, and because we were friends, guess what? We were able to pick each other up. When I missed a shot or when I didn't make a free throw, guess what? My support of my team or my friends was like, it's okay, CJ, it's all right, but when I made a shot, they would champion me and they would cheer with me. That's what friends are all about champion each other in their dreams and their desires and their hopes in life. We are a team, and that team's working together to accomplish one goal, and that's to point people to Jesus. And on the way, we pick up the strays that maybe don't have friends or people in their life, that we pick them up and we bring them alongside us and say, Welcome to the family of God. You are my friend. My goal, my mission in life is to point you to Jesus and to help you succeed in Life. That's what friends are all about, is to help each other with things that we go through in life. I love this one. A friendship takes time. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It takes time. I don't know about you, but I, if you were doing any investing, you can put money. My mother used to buy us savings bonds when we were little. And, man, they start out $10. And, man, when you buy those savings bonds, everybody about savings bonds before? And when you buy savings bonds, you know, they start out like $10. But then if you keep it for 15 years, they grow up to 50. And I would always remember when my mother would say, Hey, CJ, I brought you a savings bond for Christmas, but it's only $10. But if you keep it at this time, it'll grow up to this amount. And I would always ask my mother, Mom, what's my savings account at yet? What's my bond at? Oh, it's only at $11. But eventually, if I kept in there and didn't cash it out, it would grow. And friends are the same way. They develop in time. They, As you invest and as you put time into it, your friendship will grow. You can't just be a hit-and-run accident that you hit them once and then you walk away. Because what happens at a hit-and-run accident, you're kind of dazed when somebody hits you and drives off. It's the same way with friends. We hit and run. We touch them one day, and then we walk away, and they're like, What happened? Friends take time. It takes energy. And I love this. It takes time, energy that you have to give of yourself, that I have to give of myself. But I love this. And selflessness of giving of yourself, that I'm going to give unselfishly to you. I'm going to show you that I care. I'm going to show you that you mean something and I value you in my life. And I'm going to put you sometimes first before me. I'm going to show you that you really are special and important to me. I always learned this from my mother when we were growing up. My mother would always say, CJ, there's three ways that you can treat people. And so she said, there's three ways that you can treat people. If you're going to write this down, you can take this. They're not in your notes. But she said, number one, you can treat people worse than the way they treat you. You can treat people the worse than they treat you. So in other words, man, I'm going to treat you. I'm going to hate you. I'm just like you. I'm not going to be your friend. I'm just not going to talk about you. I can treat people worse than the way they treat me. Or she said you can treat people the same way they treat you. So if they treat me this way, I'm going to treat you that way. They treat you this way, I'm going to treat you that way. And so you can treat people the same way that they treat you. Or she said, CJ, you can treat people better than the way that they treat you. And so in my life, I've always had this in my life, that I'm always going to treat people better than the way they treat me. You can treat me this way, but I'm still going to choose to love you. I'm still going to treat you with respect. I'm tr- still going to treat you with honor. I may not like what you're doing. I may not like what's going on, but I'm still going to show you respect and honor and treat you better than the way you treat me. And why? Because what you sow is what you're going to reap. So if I learn to sow good seeds right now, eventually I'm going to reap the good seeds in the end because what you sow is what you're going to to reap. And I love this. Friendship. Now get this. Friendship is a two-way street. How many of you know it's a two-way street? You ever go down the wrong way street? The wrong way? You ever do that? You ever go down the wrong way street? When I first moved to Minneapolis, I went down a wrong way street there in Chicago Avenue. That's the wrong street to go down. It is busy, busy, busy. And I kid you not. Because I already got committed to it, so I had to go a block before I could make the next turn down there on Chicago Avenue. And in that block's time, I kid you not, from one block going to the second block to take the left to get back on the right track, you know what happened? Man, I got birds flowing at me, and you figure that out by yourself. I got honks honked at me. I got people screaming at me. They were yelling at me, man. I mean, I mean, I heard every kind of choice word there was. I even heard words I didn't even know was in the dictionary. I mean, these people are so mad at me, right? But friendship is a two-way street. It's not just one way. Because when you're always just going one way, what happens is you find yourself getting in arguments, maybe getting angry at people because you're doing your part and they're not doing their part. And so then there's always this collision. It's a two-way street. But when you think about a two-way street, it means this. Friendship is a two-way street. It's not just about taking I you get around people that are always just takers? They just drain you. But look at this, not just about taking and waiting for them. Have you ever said this before? Man, nobody ever calls me. How come I'm always left out of the parties? How come I'm never invited? I hear that all the time. Can I ask you a question? What's wrong with your phone? And I hear people say, "Man, why am I waiting and waiting for them?" But they are doing. Are you doing your part? Are you investing? Are you Are you showing that you care? If you're always waiting for someone to pick up the phone to call you, you might be waiting a long time. You got to invest. You got to show yourself selfless. I got to invest now because if I make deposits now, I'm going to get withdrawals later in my friendships. You see, Proverbs 18, verse 24 says these words. I love this. He said, One who has unreliable friends, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruins. In other words, man, they crumble, they disappear. Why? Because they're unreliable. They're not, you you can't count on them. You can't, man, they keep their word or they, they talk about you and maybe they put you down and they're unreliable. They're in your life one day and they're out of your life the next day. They're unreliable friends. But then he goes this, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And obviously, you know who that friend is. What a friend we have in Jesus, Right? What a friend we have in Jesus. How many remember that song? I remember when we first started coming to church, when I first started coming to church at the age of 18 and a half years old in Union Grove, Wisconsin. They used to sing all those old hymns, and that was one of the songs that they sang. And I thought, man, how true it is. Jesus is really the ultimate friend. He loves at all times. But if you have your notes, look at this. What is a friend that has? Unreliable friends are ones who what? Talk the talk but never walk the walk with you. I always say talk is cheap, but action is deep. We can have a lot of friends who talk the talk. How many of you know those friends? But they never walk the walk. They never get involved. They never get dirty with you. You never get a part of the game. They never have any outcome with you. They're always there and giving you the pat on the back and talking the talk, but they never walk the walk. Here's another one. This Friends are ones who are there, in the good times as well as the bad times. How many of you know a friend that bails on you whenever you're going through a storm and they come back when you're when your storm is over? That's an unreliable friend. You see, two are better than one, two or three agree, it shall be done. There's power and agreement, but when a friend bails on you, you lose that unity or that commitment or that agreement with one another, and then you're isolated. And you ever heard that song? One is the loneliest number that you ever knew. Guess what? That one is you. And one against ten is not a a fair fight. And the enemy never fights fair. And when he's got you isolated and separated and pulled out from friends, you become that one that the enemy comes in with ten and pounces on you. And when he pounces on you, guess what? He attacks your mind, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions. He comes and at you, man, in many different ways and brings you down and discourages you that you want to quit. But I love this. In verse 24, verse B, that same verse, it said, We have one who sticks closer to you than a brother. That is Jesus. If you have your notes, Jesus is the true example of a friend. Watch this. He, Lucy, is a true example of a friend. Number one is this. He forgives when wronged. Wow. You know, they say if your brother strikes you on one cheek, turn the other cheek and let him strike you on the other. Sometimes we get the first strike, but then we don't let him get the second. But Jesus loves even when he's wronged. And, you know, think about it. How many of you have wronged Jesus not one time, not two times, but many times, and he still forgives you? But if someone has wronged you, have you broken off that relationship? Have you said, man, two strikes, I'm out. I'm not getting to the third strike. You burn me once. You're not going to burn me twice. We got that model. But a friend Or Jesus forgives when wrong. Another one is this. He loves at all costs. Jesus loves at all costs. Man, time, energy, whatever it may be, I'm going to love at all costs. I'm going to go to the lowest of lows, the highest of highs. I'm going to love you at all costs. Another one is this. He doesn't run, Jesus doesn't run, when you go through storms in your life. Man, he's there. He's there. He doesn't run from you. He doesn't run from your dilemmas or he doesn't run from your struggles. He, matter of fact, jumps into your boat. When the disciples in John chapter 6 were on the rough water and then when they saw Jesus walking on the water, guess what they said? Oh, it's a ghost. And Jesus said, don't be afraid. It is I. And the moment Jesus was invited into their boat or their circumstances, the, the storm became still. Jesus doesn't run from your storm. He runs into your storm, and he brings peace and calmness and stillness to your storm. Jesus doesn't run. He doesn't talk about you, but he prays for you. Man, can you think about that? He doesn't talk about you, but he prays for you. Real friends, the Bible says that gossip separates us from friendship. You know what Jesus does? He says, listen. Man, I'm going to talk about you to my Father, and I'm going to make intercession on my behalf for you. I'm going to stand in the gap, and I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to lift you up, and I'm not going to talk about you. I'm going to pray for you. Another one is this. He does what he said he will do. Wow. Man, think about that, Bill, that he doesn't break promises with you. How many of you have ever had a promise broken about you? That maybe a friend said, I'll do this, and didn't follow through. Or maybe you are the one that broke the promise. And man, what does that do? It hurts when they don't follow through. He's always there when you need him. Always there. That he never abandons you. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm the same yesterday. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am always there. He doesn't bail, but I love this last one. He is a man of his word. You know, my grandfather used to say to me, he always clowned with me. My grandfather was 96 years old when he passed away. And he got so frustrated as years grew in his life. And you know what he got frustrated about? About nowadays we have to have all these giant, giant contracts. They look like the J.C. catalog, Right? We have to have all these contracts. You know why? Because we don't follow through with our word, so you have to have everything in writing. But my grandfather said, back in my day, all it was is a man's handshake, and that was their word. How many can relate to what I'm talking about? You know, the same thing is with us. God is a man of his word. His promises are yes and amen. But when you think about this, what kind of friend are you? What kind of friend are you? Think about this. Number one. Waiting for someone to reach out to you at all the times? Are you always waiting for someone to reach out to you? Are you always there? Diana Ross used to sing the song, Reach out and touch somebody's hand. Make this world a better place if you can. The thing is that you got to reach out. If you reach out, someone, somebody will reach back. You have to reach out. And if you never reach out, you'll never find out. I always say you have to step out to find out. And if you don't ever reach out, you're never going to find out if someone's going to reach back to you. And if you are always waiting, you might be waiting a long time. And in your waiting, you're going to get discouraged. You're going to get upset, and you're going to get mad at the world, at God, at the church, and at your friends. Only care about your problems and not others. My problems are more important than yours. Man, I don't want to hear yours. I want you to hear mine. It's a two-way street. Can't be trusted with what a friend says to you? Man, information is power. And sometimes people love information because they love to feel important when they have information because then they like to take that information and share it with other people to make them feel important. And all along, what it's doing is destroying relationships and friendships that they entrusted these things with you. Well, another one is this. Bring your friends down instead of up. Are you a naysayer? Are you always one that's bringing your friends down? Bad company corrupts good character. Are you one that's always bringing them down or are you lifting them up? Are you blowing wind into people's sails? Are you championing their dreams, their victories? Are you celebrating their wins in their lives? That's what building up is. I always say, listen, I never, I promise you, I don't. I, this is no kidding, Marlene. I honestly can tell you, this is the honest to God truth before you and before God and before man. There, John, is not a jealous bone in my body. That is the honest truth. I do not have a jealous bone in my body. If you get a new car, guess what? I'm going to celebrate with you because my thing is about, man, God, if you did it for them, I know, God, you can do it for me. And you know why I don't have a jealous bone in my body? Because I rejoice when you get blessed. I rejoice, Michael, when you have a a calf or maybe twins or, or you have a lot of pigs instead of just one pig. I get excited about that because I love seeing God's people get blessed and I love blowing wind and championing into their lives and that's why why, why I come to you I love to t- touch every one of you. that's why I try to go throughout because I want you to know that this pastor, truly loves you that I want to speak into your life that I want to be there to support you that I want to champion you because I have three missions in life that's to encourage you challenge you and to inspire you that's my role as a pastor and as a friend into your life I want to challenge you I want to encourage you Jamie and I want to inspire you to go deeper with God and in your life dream big dreams and accomplish great things that's what friends are for Somebody say amen. You know, the model of a friendship that I love to read, and I want to encourage you if you want to do a great devotion, in 1 Samuel chapter 20. It's a story about David and Jonathan. And many of you may know the story, but Jonathan was the son of Saul. And Saul was the king. But David was the new king that God has appointed to be the new king after Saul. And David's notoriety was really, really growing. And the people were singing the song. Saul slayed 1,000. David slayed 10,000. And his notoriety was really, really growing, Molly. And he was really going up the ranks. And so because of that, Saul became jealous. And how many you know when you get jealous, you're going to do things, say things, and act out things that you shouldn't do? And Saul, out of his jealousy, wanted to kill David. But David and Jonathan had a special relationship. They had such a great relationship with one another that their bond was inseparable. Nothing could shake them from their friendship. And, man, I pray that we can have that here. People always say, Pastor CJ, what kind of culture are you creating at Adventure Church? Here's the culture that I'm trying to create at Adventure Church, that we love God, love people, we forgive people and accept them, and we become friends. That's what I want to see happen here at Adventure Church. Why are we doing the coffee shop? Why are we doing a 50 and older club? Why are we doing youngish? Why are we doing youth? Why are we doing kids? It's because we want to connect dots so you can and become friends with one another. Because I don't know about you, two against one is not a fair fight. But when you stand together in friendship and one accord, there's no limit to what you can do for God and for this community. When we are all in one accord, I want to be a friendly church. I read a book by Joel Osteen. And Joel Osteen was saying that after churches on Sunday, all the people would go to all these restaurants. And in his book, Joel Osteen was writing, he said, you know what? He said, I would get all these calls from the from the, uh, the restaurant managers and owners of these restaurants about our people. And he said, I get these calls from these owners of all these restaurants. And he said, here's what they would say. They said, man, when they would come and eat their terry at these restaurants, they'd say right off the bat, man, you must be from Joel Osteen's church. And the people would always respond, Why? And they would say, because you're always happy, happy, happy. He said, Joe Osteen, you need to make a, a toothpaste commercial because you have that big smile and your teeth are big and bright. You need to have a, have, a, have a smile like Joe Osteen. You come from that church because you have happiness and joy in your life. Couldn't it be great if we walk out of this church, and man, that the community can recognize us that we love one another and that we really are a church that is friendly and caring for each other. But the formula of a good friendship is this. Number one is commitment, that I am committed to this friendship. I'm not a hit and run. I'm committed to this friendship. In 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 4, watch this, what he says. Jonathan said to David, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it for you. He was committed to it. In other words, he was all in. He was sold out. I'm committed to this friendship. You see, friendship takes commitment. It takes energy. It takes the willingness to stay in there that I am committed regardless of the highs and the lows that I might go through in this relationship. How many of you remember, and I'm going to say something funny here, but how many remember when you first got married? When you first got married, remember that, Robin? But how many remember this? Now, we're all adults. He's seeing me naked for the first time. Right? Or he's seeing me. I wonder if he's going to like me. And it was awkward. How many know what I'm talking about? But in your relationship, in your marriage, you started to grow and you understood each other's differences. But did you give up and did you quit? No, you were committed because you put a ring on your finger and you loved each other and you grew. It's the same way with a friend. You have to be committed in the ins and the outs, the goods and the bad, regardless of how they look, think, or act. I'm committed to you. You see, a lot of times we gravitate to people that are just like us. So all of a sudden what happens is we got a bunch of clones. But God wants us to reach out and meet new people, new things. Man, experience different things in your life. But if you look at commitment, commitment means seeing it through until the end and not quitting when things get tough. A friendship is committed to working on it by doing your part. Now, watch this doing your part. What is your part? Calling them? Does your answer machine answer like this? Nobody's home. Nobody's home. Right? Calling them. Another one is this. Inviting them over. When's the last time you invited someone over to your house? I know a couple here today, man. I talked I've mentioned this in the first service. I'm going to mention it again in a second. We have a couple here today that, that I know that they invited some people over to their house. and They were at their house this, yesterday. And you know what they said? Man, we're so happy that because they're older and they have younger kids, and the family that they invited over are older and they have younger kids. And they said, man, it was so fun. They were telling me that today. It was so fun because you know why? Because they connected. And they have younger kids, and even though they're the older, they still had younger kids. And they went over to their house, and these people this morning, they said they had a blast. What I'm saying, guys, listen. Man, a friendship is being committed that I'm going to do it. I'm going to invite them over and I'm going to do things together. Don't sit there on the sideline and put yourself in park and be like the car, your engine is running, you're stepping on the gas pedal and you're hearing their engine run. Room, 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 But you're going nowhere. Friendships take commitment and involvement. A friendship is committed that... Cost up front. It's going to cost up front. It's going to be working through the awkwardness. Getting acquainted with each other. But then you know what? But it pays out in the end. I'm so glad that many of you have taken time. In the first service, I mentioned stories about going out with people. And I'm so glad, Michael, that I have. Because I get to see you. Terry, I get to see you. I met Terry. Right over, Terry, just raise your hand over here. Me. I met him at the D&V, and we were waiting in the line for an hour, and God designed that for a purpose so that him and I could talk. And guess what? Through our talking and just getting to know each other, he's now came to church and I haven't missed church, I mean, forever. But that's how I met him, at the D&V, out a long form that asked a bunch of stupid questions. <laughs> but I did it anyways and got to meet this great guy. My point is, you got to have the commitment. Number two, honesty. you got to be honest with your friends. I love this, First Samuel 20, verse 13. I'm going to go fast now. But if my father intends to harm you, may the Lord deal with you, Jonathan, be it ever so severely. Now watch what he says. If I do not know, if I do not let you know and send you away in peace, may the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. What did Jonathan say? He said, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to tell you if my father is really going to try to strike you and take you out. I'm going to be honest with you. You know that blood is thicker than water. And yet he had to stand up against his father, and he was still honest with his friend. Honesty means being, hey, even if it costs much, and even if it's hard, I'm still going to be honest Honesty means being truthful with each other. With your words, words. You know, a little white lie is still a little gray lie. Being truthful with your words. Your promises following through with your word. But I love this part. And with each other's secrets. I I want to just be honest with you and your secrets. People always say to me, Pastor, how do you keep sharp? Man, you know, you, you got all these people, and how do you keep sharp? I'm going to give you a, a nugget. I have five people, five, and they're watching me right now. I have five people outside of this sphere of the church. And you know what I do? They're in Colorado. They're in Wisconsin down in like Kenosha. I have three in Colorado and two in Kenosha. And you know what I do? I call them, Dennis, Bill, Terry, Paul, Rick, and I call them. And I tell them what I'm going through in my life. And you know what? They're honest with me. And sometimes they knock me upside the head and it hurts and I want to hang up the phone and say, man, you better get right or get left. But their honesty, truth sometimes hurts but it helps me get refocused, and it gets me out of my pity party and gets me back on track. And friends have to be honest with one another. And I love this. In Proverbs 27, verse 17, and i will quickly. As iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen another. And that's what happens with these five people. I've learned a secret that a student is never above the teacher. So if I want to be the teacher for your lives, I can't come out there and tell you all my problems and my situations. and I have them just like you. I put on my pants the same way you do. I put my shoes on the same way you do. But I've learned something that I can't tell you my problems because all of a sudden I'll become the student, you become the teacher, and guess what? Then you lose respect. So I have to reach out, and I call these men, and Roxy, they sharpen me. And they tell me things I don't want to hear. But look at this. I love this. In Proverbs 11, verse 25, a generous person will prosper. Get this now. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. A generous person doesn't mean he's talking about financial. He's talking about giving of yourself, investing in the Jamie Olson, investing in the Roxy, investing in the Christina. He's talking about that Stephanie, about investing in what you sow is what you're going to reap. If you give, it will be given back to you, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. He's talking about investing. Look at this. A friend is one you can be honest with without getting offended. Somebody say, ouch. How many ever give it up on a friendship because you got a friend it? You got mad. You got angry. And you cut off that friendship. Can I ask you something? What is it doing for you now? Because you cut that friendship off, I've, <laughs> part of my, my, my second degree, my second major is in counseling. And so you know what? When I counsel with people, here's what happens. When I sit and counsel with people who cut off friendships, guess what? You find out that person is full of anxiety. Why? Because they cut off a friendship that they should never cut off. They find out they have no peace in their life. They find out they're, man, upset, angry, and mad, and they're full of tension. Because they know that they've cut this off, and it's all pride and anger that's keeping them from getting back together. And I deal with this, Roxy, all the time. And it steals and sucks the joy because, oh, man, I'm offended. They said this. And all along, and you dry up. A friend sharpens you when you can be honest about things that might need to change. We like it when we get roses, but we don't like it when we get the thorns. I always say, change isn't changed until it's changed. And sometimes friends can speak into your life and they can help you to change. I got to move on. Another one is this agreement. Coming together in agreement. In 1 Samuel 20, verse 17, and Jonathan had David reaffirm his oath, reaffirm. His oath out of love for him because he loved him as he loved himself. Molly, I'm making an agreement with you. I'm going to stand with you, I'm going to stay in there through thick and thin. That's what Jonathan and David were doing. I'm making this agreement. There's nothing going to come and separate us or divide us or rip us apart or ruin our friendship. I'm not going to let the peanut gallery speak into my ear and try to cast me into peanuts and tell me all kinds of shows and write me a script. That's not going to happen. I'm going to hold on to the agreement. That agreement is I'm going to stick with it, with you. Agreement means sticking together even when things get tough. Sometimes, you know what we need? We need a side or puts on our sides, velcro. Put it on velcro on your side. Put it on the other person's side and stick together. You ever do that in a beanbag and you hop hop? You need to stick in there. Stay in there, Barb. Fight this fight. Jealously guard your friends. I love this next one. Last one we we'll close. Pastor Andrew, if you want to come. Trust. Here's a big one. Trust. How many of you have ever had your trust broken? And it hurts. It really does. It hurts. Trust me. I've invested in many, many people. Man, Pastor Kathy was in our first service this morning, and she's been in the ministry just as long as I have, 40 years. I've invested 40 years. Churches from South Dakota to Wisconsin to Oklahoma to Colorado, man, back to Wisconsin again. I've invested in people. Marlene, for 40 years. I would like to say to you that in those 40 years I never got bit. But I can't. People that I loved, Bob, that with all my heart bit me. But I had to make a choice. The choice was am I going to stand here and get bitter? Or am I going to get better? Am I going to hold on to it or am I going to shake it off? You have to make that choice in your life. Because that one who causes bitterness to you, guess what? It doesn't hurt them as much as the one who harbors it. And if you're harboring, man, all that's going to do is bring you down. And they're going to go on their merry way. And I had to make a choice 40 years People love me one day, and they strike me the next. Why do I keep every card, every card I get from you guys and from previous churches, I have them in paper ream boxes. Card after card after card. You know what I do, Terry? When I get bit, I pull out those cards. And you know what I do? I read those cards again. It's got all the cards that I got this year. Guess what? They're on my cadenza at my house right now. And I pull them out. I said, man, this person loves me. This person forgives me. Sometimes you have to rearrange your inventory. You have to change the things that are on your shelf. And you have to restock your shelf with new hope, new dreams, young lady. I don't know you, but I can tell you one thing. God has great things for you. Things that are getting ready to reestablish for you, turn around for you. They're getting ready to turn around for you. You've been through some pain, but God's taking that pain and giving you joy. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Sometimes you have to do an inventory. Carly, you have to let go of those things. I'm going to learn to trust again. You see, listen. For the sake of time, a friendship must be based on trust, because without it, it will crumble. How I of mean, you know what I'm talking about. A friend should be able to trust you with their problems. Questions? What's up? Why am I going through this, man? They should be able to trust you with your questions. But here's another one. And their secrets. Pastor CJ, I got this going on in my life right now. I got this habit going on. Will you stand with me and support me? If you guys knew, seriously, if you knew how many men I'm standing in the gap for right now, that John, how many men I stand in the gap for because of their secrets. We all have secrets. But the only way you can get help in your secrets is finding someone you can trust to help you mend those secrets in your life. And man, these men, they call me and we talk on the phone, we text, and man, you'd be amazed. But one thing you will not know is their secret. Whew. This is a ziploc. And I'm sealed. You see, they can trust me. People need to be able to trust you. You see, a friend should be able to trust you with their problems, questions, and secrets. i got to close with this. In Proverbs 16, verse 28, a perverse person stirs up conflict. A perverse person is one who gossips one that talks about you, one that can't be trusted. Man, don't be that person. And a gossip separates close friends. Are you the raid? Are people repelling you because they can't trust you? Or are you the one that you can't trust others? Can I ask you something? Who's gonna take off the gloves? We've got to take them off again and start trusting. I trust you. And you trust me. We're a happy family. With a great big hug and a kiss from me to you, don't you want to say you love me too? Barney, right? <laughs> Words are powerful. They can build up or tear down. So watch what you say about your friends. Will you stand with me this morning? I want to encourage you today. We are going into the greatest seasons. Robin, I'm so excited about Saturday. So excited. When you come here next week to be all decked out for Christmas, wait till you see. Back there's going to be a photo booth. It's going to be pretty cool. But here's the thing. Many of you are ready to receive gifts. And you're going to be so excited about seeing that biggest one under the tree thinking maybe that's yours. But also many of you are going to give gifts. But the greatest gift that you can give today to anyone in this room is not a material thing. But it's your friendship. I'm going to Lisa. Lisa give my friendship I make a choice to step out and become friendly because what I sow is what I'm going to reap and I'm going to give the gift of friendship I close with this, this happened today Lucy, right over here to my right, it was Terry your dad your dad come up to me in the coffee shop just before this service he said, Pastor CJ, he said, I did exactly what you just said. I said, what's that? He said, I made myself friendly. Right over there. He said, I made myself friendly. I did exactly what you said. He said, guess what? He said, I just met two new friends, and they told me about their things and what they're going through in life. And he said, I told them about ours, and we just made an established a friendship right now, and we're planning on going out. Just today, he made himself friendly and made a new friend. You see, it's that. Simple. Chris, it's that simple. you got one of the greatest sisters. I'll tell you, I love her. She's full of joy. But my challenge, challenge you, inspire you, encourage you, is be friendly. Father, as we go into these seasons, Lord, the greatest seasons of all, Lord, we celebrate around the table this Thanksgiving about all we're thankful for. Lord, I'm thankful for friends. I'm thankful for this church. I truly, truly am. And I pray that, God, that we will just be blessed. This church will bless and they're going in and they're going out. That when they get around the table, they'll be not only be thankful for their family, but they'll be thankful for their friends. And, Lord, if there needs to be some forgiveness, Lord, in their heart, let them forgive this season. Lord, we're approaching Thanksgiving and then the birth of your son, Jesus, then going into the new year where everything starts anew. We can let go of the yesterdays and look forward to the days. And I pray that we make a choice as a church to be friendly, that as we go walk this walk together, we'll pick up the strays that come and make them part of this family here at Adventure Church. Bless this individual. Bless our Thanksgiving time. Keep them safe. Keep all the hunters safe, and may they get a bunch. And, Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can we give the Lord praise this morning? Amen. God bless you this morning. God bless you. See you. See ya. Happy Thanksgiving. Get out- thank you for listening to today's message. If this message has encouraged you in any way, please consider giving to Adventure Church to help continue this ministry. Giving is safe and easy through our website at www.adventurechurchsiren.com. Thank you for your generous support.